You're listening to Tazi Encounters on Faith FM and we're coming to you live from Tasmania, right across Australia. And each weekday you can listen at 9am, you can hear what the Bible says about the past, current and future events, learn how to study the Bible more effectively, get to know who God is, why we're here and where we're going, and experience personal encounters with Jesus. I'm your host, Tabitha Zachariah, and today we have Daniel Mateo in the studio with us. And um, Daniel will be presenting his seventh episode. I can't believe it. <laughs> We've done seven weeks of um, presentation so far. But anyway, yes, under his series of Drawing from the Well. Welcome, Daniel. Oh, yeah, thanks, Tabitha. Good to be back. Yeah, excited to talk about today's, uh, today's topic and yeah, excited to be back with the listeners again. It's an interesting one. Yeah. I assure you, um, and we're glad to have you here. How have you been? Yeah, yeah, pretty good. Yeah, I had a good weekend, and uh, yeah, so excited about this week. We, um, I've recently been uh, transitioned back into local church ministry um, in uh, in our church in New Norfolk uh, on Officer Street. Yeah, so uh, yeah, be, was there in the weekend and uh, got to catch up with our members and talk talk about God to them. So we had a nice time. Yeah. Mm. Mm, that's good. Um, I've been to New Norfolk once, and um, it's a big church, but there's not like as many uh, members. But it's it's there's that warmth and um, love for one another. I can say in that church, it's, it's a special church. I can say is is it one of the oldest? Or? Yeah, it is. Yeah, one of one of the older ones here in Tasmania. That's for sure. It's not the oldest, but it's no. one, one of the older ones. Yeah. I know Collinsville is the oldest, and yeah. I've been to Collinsville as well. Um, so, yeah, do you want to share anything about um, what's happening there, or um, like? Oh yeah, yeah. Well, we're we're excited. We're going to have a, have a nice year this year, and uh, yeah, I'm going to uh, uh, try and get to know all of our um, uh, all of our community out there, and, and spend a bit more time in the community. So, uh, yeah, we uh, we meet on Saturday mornings at 11 a.m. So uh, anyone's welcome to come along that happens to be in the area. We actually uh, um, get to, uh, Faith FM in New Norfolk, so uh, so we have a couple of listeners. So yeah, hello to them. Mm, hello. I hope you're tuning in today. <laughs> Your pastor is speaking to you <laughs> today. Anyway, uh, yeah, that's good to know. Um, and um, just to remind our listeners, uh, you can uh, listen to us or catch up on previous episodes that uh, we've already done on the Faith FM app or the Faith FM website, which you can get from the App Store. And uh, also our show number is 048 uh, Feel free to text us any questions, any comments you may have, um, and also respond to our questions that we're going to ask. And, uh, yeah, we'll be able to share with um, that on air. Um, what did you, did you want to share what you talked about last week? Yeah, well, um, I mean, I mean, we finished up last week with uh, we were talking about uh, the, we've been talking about the Bible, you know, drawing from the well, and um, and uh, there was a great preacher once uh, named Spurgeon that said at the end of his life, after having published a thousand sermons, uh, he said, "I've yet, not yet begun to draw from the well of Scripture." You know, I haven't, wow. you know, so he it's um, so deep. There's just so much. <laughs> yeah, there's so much there, you know, and so that, that's why we're talking about that. And we we went through all of the different how, what, when, where, why, uh, why, who um, of uh, studying the Bible and under. Understanding and encountering Scripture, uh, relating to it, and uh, now we're just getting into um, the Bible and the different roles that it that it plays in in literature and our lives and so forth. So um, yeah, today we're we're going to be talking about. Oh well, last time we talked about what mm. uh, what we study in Scripture or what we should read in the Bible, where where, where we should start, and uh, this time we're talking about the Bible as literature. 
you know, the Bible is, uh, obviously there's different types of literature in the world, you know, whether it be a newspaper, whether it be a letter, whether it be a, a poem or, um, or a novel uh, or a historical book. And, um, and the Bible contains all sorts of different literature uh, within it as a library that, uh, that is interesting for us to understand. And when we're reading Mm. Those different sections, if we understand what sort of literature we're reading, it helps us to, to relate to it and to apply it to our lives, yeah. Mm. And that brings us to our listener question. Let us know, what is your favorite type of literature? Um, do you like to read poems? Do you like narratives? What do you like to read? I'm sure we can find something to interest you in the scripture. Just let us know what you like to read and if you want to share anything. Something, some more information about um, your favorite type of literature and um yeah it will it'll be good to hear from you yeah yeah that'd be wonderful yeah something for everyone in the bible yeah yeah Mm. Yeah, should should we pray to start yeah we should (laughs) yeah can you can you pray for us please tabitha Mm. let's pray um father we thank you for this beautiful day uh we thank you that we're here and able to have this program and i pray that you'll be with us throughout it and as daniel is going to share your word um, that you may speak through him and for us listeners, I pray that we may um, understand what he's saying and uh, also be able to listen to what you want um, us to hear and what you want and be able to do what you want us to do. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. 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 Yeah, so uh, talking about the Bible as literature, and I just want to say that no matter what you are, no matter who you are, no matter what you're interested in, I really believe there's something for everyone in the Bible, and uh, and there's a reason for that that we'll talk about as we get in. Um, I remember when I was a kid, uh, I was uh, I was probably about six or seven years old, and my mum used to read Bible stories to me. Now at the time, I was super interested in pirates. Um, I like to play pirates. I like to pretend to be a pirate. There's photos of me dressed up as a pirate. Um, I built a sword uh, once because my parents were a little bit anti-violent, so they wouldn't buy me um, toy guns or toy swords or anything like that. And uh, so I would build my own, you know. Mm. Uh, if I was, uh, I built a sword out. I cut the handle out of a milk bottle, and then I stuck a stick into the end of the hole in the handle, and that made, gave me like a cutlass-shaped thing uh, that I would run around the backyard with. Uh, what else? I made a sword out of a cricket wicket, and and I pulled the rubber um, bike handle off my bike and stuck that on the on the cricket wicket, and that that turned it into a sword. Mm. Um, when I was playing, I, I used to like to play army as well. You know, me and my friends would run around, and we, uh, as I said. My mum wouldn't buy me any toy guns, so uh, I made a gun out of a cricket bat, you know, and I'd run around and pretend to be a soldier. I was, I was, a, I was a young boy, and I was very interested in in, in that sort of thing. Mm. And so my mum started to read uh, Bible stories to me. And when we got to the stories in First Samuel about David mm-hmm. and, it, and about David being a young warrior walking around in the desert, and he got a bunch of mates together in the desert, especially when he was hiding out from King Saul. And uh, he began to, um, uh, to, he was in a lot of battles, you know, it talks about how he was a sword, he actually carried Goliath's sword for a period of time um, when he was a young man, and uh, all, these, uh, all these stories about, about battle, I, I just really connected with, uh, with that as a young person. And, but you know what, it led me to God, because David, even though he was a warrior, he was also, uh, he was also a very godly person. And uh, every time he had to make a decision, he came before God and said, Lord, what, what is it that you want me to do next? And, um, and, and the Bible's got a great way of connecting with what we're interested in and then leading us closer to, 
closer to God. So that's my experience with that. Mm. But but it's true that I, I love to read it because my mum used to read to me. I developed a love for reading, but not just not just novels and stories, but all sorts of things. Um, yeah, I like to read. Well, there's nothing better than being engrossed in a book, good book. Let's let's put it that way. But mm-hmm. I like poems. I like history. I like. I used to collect books of amazing facts when I was a kid. You know, just interesting stories and amazing facts. Mm. So a lot of lot of um, interesting things that I like to read. I see we got a listener comment there, do we? Oh yeah, we've got um, Teresa's texters texted us and she said um good morning to us a beautiful day here in mount gambia she is in south australia i um, may god riches blessings be upon your day you are an amazing encouragement to everyone thank you very much um appreciated for your time and love for lord jesus christ and to be able to share with people god bless you always love from teresa thank you teresa oh, for that beautiful. yeah that's amazing thank mm. you it's good to know that people are listening and um, they're actually getting some inspiration and encouragement from what we're sharing and that is the main purpose of this and it's good to know that we're actually meeting those needs and um yeah yeah, isn't that nice? It's it's lovely to hear from you, Teresa, and God bless you. Thank you for texting in. Mm, thank yeah. you. Yeah, but um, yeah, the Bible's full of all sorts of literature. We talked uh, last time about how it's an anthology, 66 books. Uh, it's a library, but lots of different types of writing. And I guess just in the uh, just before we go to break, I'll talk about um, the first type, and that is historical. Mm-hmm. Obviously, um, you know, there's a lot of history in the Bible. And uh, as a kid, I love history. My favorite um, my favorite subject at school was ancient history, learning about those Egyptian pharaohs and the pyramids and all of that. Mm. All of that um, stuff is in the Bible. You know, there's books like Genesis, um, parts of Exodus, uh, Joshua, 1st, 2nd Samuel. All of those tell us history. and But more, more than just any history, history of um, God's desire to connect with and encounter people. And so we find out all sorts of uh, historical information in Scripture. It's very, very helpful indeed. Yeah, yeah. Um, it is for sure. And um, yeah, I just want to remind our listeners to text us. Tell us what is your favorite type of literature. I like narratives. I like stories because I feel like they help to create some um, personal connection with um, characters in the story. Like you sort of um, get to um, know some um, attributes about those characters and you sort of tend to create a connection like you start comparing <laughs> with your life sometimes and or you just feel some sort of form of connection or um comparison like similarity and um that sort of creates a connection with the character and i also like poetry because um poems convey like um experiences in a very powerful way and they sort of evoke emotions and um sometimes they evoke emotions of empathy and that's they create understanding um, between people of different backgrounds, uh, yeah, which is just beautiful. Um, our first song is um, Speak, O Lord, by Keith and Christine Getty.
Speak, O oh Lord, by Keith and Christine Getty. And you're listening to Taz Encounters with Daniel Mateo. And uh, Daniel is talking about um, reading the Bible as literature. And um, we asked our listeners to text us their favorite type of literature. Um, please share with us what you like reading. Um, and I'm sure we can find something to interest you in the scripture. We can point you where you can to point you to where you can find um, that form of literature in the Bible and um, yeah, I'm sure you'll enjoy to read that and um, we have a free book offer today it's called um, The Marked Bible and that's by Charles Taylor Charles L. Taylor and we'll give you more information sometime later on um, Daniel, in the previous section you introduced the fact that the Bible is a form of literature and shared about the historical form of literature that is found in the like first books of the Old Testament, like Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy. Um, <laughs> I, I don't remember the exact order, but I know there's first and second Samuel, Samuel, first and second Kings, 
Um, yeah, they all talk about some form of history. And uh, you also shared a bit about David and how you felt you could relate with him. Um, what do you have for us in this section? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's right. Well, yeah, as you said, we're talking about different types of literature and scripture. And <clears throat> I guess the next... Um, the next key piece of literature is something that, when when I first talk to people, this is what they think the whole Bible is, <clears throat> and that is judicial, and that is laws. Um, you know, I'm, I know that your you know your favorite book in the whole Bible is Leviticus, right? We've talked about that a whole a few times. <laughs> Are you serious? <laughs> well, I'm enjoying it. So <laughs> I know I'm that you're reading it. So. I know you've struggled with that, but it's got a lo- it's got a lot of laws in it, right? A lot of commands. Yeah. And uh, often when I talk to people who have never read the Bible before, they think that's what the whole Bible is—just a whole bunch of commands. Uh, but but it. It, it, it's actually not like that. There, there is a lot of commands in the Bible, and there's a lot of laws. But, um, but, uh, but some of it. But it's, it's by no means the whole thing. The majority of, of it is story. But, but there is, uh, there is, a, there is judicial uh, literature there. You know, there is uh, law codes, uh, Leviticus, parts of Exodus. Um, depending on how you read it, some of the sayings of Jesus can be interpreted as being um, laws or. or um, uh, let's say judicial uh, literature, uh, but uh, just important law codes, and that, those things are in place uh, for important reasons. You know, um, God's people were uh, in the Old Testament. It was more or less run as a theocracy. You know, with God in charge, and uh, and His law, um, you know, was very important for the uh, resolving problems, practical problems in the life of the community. So. So that's there. I mean, there is. Uh, there's along with that, of course, any any government that's in place um, at the time uh, requires uh, some sort of record keeping to take place. And so the next thing we find, surprisingly, is bureaucratic literature. You know, obviously we we tend to not have a whole lot of uh, time for bureaucracies. You know, we tend to have. Um, you know, to, to get pretty frustrated with them if we're trying to fill out a form for some government bureaucracy or something like that. But uh, those things are necessary, and, and those uh, uh, those sorts of uh, sorts of groups of people keep records. And it was the same with uh, with the people of God as well. They kept records, and those records are very important mm-hmm. uh, because they keep track of the history of God's people. Um, keeps pa- keeps track of census data. Keeps track of. Um, uh, uh, lines of, of descendancy, you know, lines of, of relatives down through the history of, uh, of God's people. And, uh, and as a result, we can trace the family tree of Jesus. In fact, um, Luke does this, uh, traces the family tree of Jesus all the way back to Adam, you know, mm-hmm. because some um, government bureaucrat, you know, at the time sat down and kept track of all of those, all of that data. And we've got it there in the, in the Bible. And, uh, and as a result, you can, um, you can make those connections. So that's, uh, that's interesting. We've mm. got numbers. We've got, we've got chronicles as well. Chronicles keeps track of the, the history of the, of the kings and so forth. And so that's important. Yeah. And uh, so the next, uh, the next piece of, uh, of literature or type of literature that we have in Scripture is what you just said is your favorite, and that is narrative. Mm-hmm. Stories, <laughs> you know. And stories are, are very important. We all love stories. Let's be honest. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and let me say this: you know, these different types of literature in the Bible they they overlap with one another. Mm. You know, it's not like it's not a clear division. But if we can sort of understand something and classify it, sometimes it's easier to understand. But but very often, um, like for example, in the book of Exodus, there's a story, there's a narrative of God's people, and then it slides into all some of these laws uh, that God gave to Moses, and then it slides back into story again. So there's a 
there's not a clear delineation between the narrative and the judicial, but but you know it just helps us to understand it. But those stories are amazing. You know, we these these stories have literally changed the history of humanity. We still make movies about them today. They still inform our um, uh, I guess popular culture. You know, if we ever talk about something being written down in stone, you know, oh, look at that, you know, that person has done that and it's written, now it's written in stone. You know, that's a reference to the story of Moses and that narrative. And now when we think of um, books that are sort of almost like novels or narratives, we think of, uh, of Esther, we think of Ruth, uh, we think of the book of Acts that, that sort of tell those, those stories, you know, in a really fascinating and amazing way. And you can see mm-hmm. God move in, in ways that are really fascinating, you know. Hmm. What's your favorite? Uh, what's your f- favorite story? Doesn't have to be in the Bible. Just what's your favorite story of all time? <laughs> well, you're putting me on the spot here. <laughs> oh, a favorite. <laughs> oh, favorite. Um, well, I can't really think of a favorite. But I, if I'm to share something from the Bible, I do like the book of Esther, and um, I just like the story of how she actually, even though she was um, married into like royalty <laughs> let's say like um she was married to a king she still like didn't forget her people um she sort of you know i can say rescued her people you know it just she was she showed a lot of bravery and also like um fear of god mm. yeah mm. and you know that's really it's that's something interesting about the bible it's worth mentioning because it somewhat stands alone in ancient r- literature and that is the key role that um that ladies play in the history of of god's interaction with people um in the ancient world as you know and and right up till today in many countries you know um ladies don't play much of a prominent role in society and particularly in um, you know, in, in matters of faith, but um, throughout the history of God's people, that you know, it's very, very important. And uh, and the fact that in that moment, she actually becomes almost like a like a type or a representation or a or a picture of what Jesus would be. Mm. You know, because uh, he he was he sacrificed his life in order to save his people, and she was willing to sacrifice her life, even if it meant she was going to be killed by the king. Mm. Uh, she was willing to save uh, her people, um, sacrifice her life to save her people. Uh, from uh, Haman, and uh, you know, you could compare that to, I suppose, Satan or sin. You know, in in the Christian worldview. So, yeah, that's right. Yeah, interesting, interesting narrative, and all of these narratives all point forward to something. You know, it's it's that's what uh, what they all do. They all point forward to Jesus. Mm-hmm. So the next uh, align with that, and this is, I mean, this is a type of narrative is uh, biographical literature. And, uh, you know, we, the classics of that would be Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, which is four different biographies of the life of Jesus. Mm-hmm. You know, biographies are very interesting because, you know, we can trace the, not just an overall story or not just one particular story, but the life of a person, mm-hmm. you know, and to see what their life is like. And I love um, the, the biography of David, you know, in, uh, in, in Samuel's writings. Mm-hmm. Oh, well, probably not written by Samuel, but, or, but na- the book is named after Samuel. Interestingly enough, and here's a little bit of uh, uh, divergent information, uh, in the Old Testament, if you have a book that's uh, first and second, like first, second Chronicles, first, second Kings, first, second Samuel, um, what, the reason why they're called that is because, you know, those books used to be written on big scrolls. And because they were too big uh, for that book to fit on one scroll, then they would be put on two scrolls, mm-hmm. right? And so uh, Samuel was called, the book of Samuel was called Samuel, not because Samuel necessarily wrote the whole thing, because as you know, a bunch of it happens after he dies, Mm -hmm. but because he's the first story in the book. Mm. So it's called the book of Samuel. And then 
because they couldn't fit the whole book of Samuel because he was the first story in the book, they couldn't fit it on one scroll. They put it on two scrolls. So oh. the second one is called Second Samuel, even though there's no mention of Samuel in Second Samuel and Samuel didn't write Second Samuel, it's still called Second Samuel because it was on the second scroll. Mm. There you go. You didn't care about that, but I told you anyway. <laughs> <laughs> no, thanks for that information. <laughs> yeah, so that's that's right. So we got stories, we got uh, biographies, and I just love the biographies of Jesus. The, the job particularly that Luke does in, um, in, in researching the life of Jesus and, and telling us his story. But we don't just have biography, we've also got autobiography. Mm. You know, where somebody writes their own story. And for example, we've got the, the case of Nehemiah, uh, who spends a lot of time, you know, telling, rehearsing his experience, uh, his experience with God. And um, it comes, it's a first, from a pers- first person perspective that he tells his story, uh, has he experienced it? And so that's really cool. Mm. Yeah. Um, so, uh, yeah, I guess the next type that, um, that, that is interesting for us to understand is poetic literature. Now, this is really important mm. throughout the Scripture. This um, uh, takes up a huge chunk of the Bible is poems. And, uh, and Hebrews love poems. When I, when I was in Jerusalem, I attended a Messianic synagogue, uh, which is a Jewish synagogue that believes that Jesus was the Messiah. So it's a spreading movement in Judaism, you know, that they accept Jesus as being the Messiah and they study the New Testament along with the Old Testament. And uh, so that was beautiful. I only understood very, very little of the service because it was all in Hebrew. But they sang the Psalms over and over all throughout the service. Service went to three hours, so it was long. And uh, a lot of it was singing these Psalms, which was amazing for me. It was really beautiful because I've only ever read the Psalms. I've never heard them sang and I, I didn't realize that the music... Um, existed, but somehow that's been preserved, and um, yeah, you can hear them sing the psalms. It was lovely. Yeah, mm. oh. interesting. <laughs> All right, just still encouraging our listeners to text us um, and let us know the favorite forms of literature. What do you like to read? What do you like to listen to? Let us know. Um, Text us on zero four double eight double eight zero eight nine one, and uh, we may be able to point out. We actually will be able to point out um, something in the scripture that uh, may interest you. Our next song is "I Love to Tell the Story" by Tammy Larson.
This program is made possible by the support of Adventist World Radio. That is, I love to tell the story by Tammy Larson. And uh, you're listening to Tazi Encounters on Faith FM with Daniel Mateo. And Daniel is talking about, I'm reading the Bible as a literature. And um, Tammy was, um, is actually telling a story. <laughs> so he, there we go, narratives. <laughs> um, yeah, it is. Um, encourage, still encouraging our listeners to text in um, the favorite type of literature. What they like? What do you like to read? Um, what interests you? Do you like poems? Do you like um, narratives? Do you like um, history? Um, just let us know. Text us on zero four double eight double eight zero eight nine one, and uh, we will be able to um, point to the Bible where you can find that form of literature. And um, so, yeah. Um, in the previous section, Daniel, you talked about uh, different forms of literature, um, uh, including judicial and bureaucratic um, narratives, biographies, autobiographies. And uh, just before we went for a break, you were talking about poems. And I believe there's a lot to share on um, poems. Um, for sure, for sure. You know, poems are so powerful, aren't they? And, and you know, songs, actually. The majority of the of the poetry that we find in Scripture is actually in, intended to be a song, you know that they are intended to be sung, usually in worship or in some in some situation like that during times of grief or or times of uh, celebration amongst God's people. So the classic, as I said, but in the last section is the Book of Psalms, and that has got just about a song uh, for every sing- every single every possible stage of 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 life. If you're going through depression, there is a psalm in there for you. You know, if you're going through hardship or, or poverty, there's a psalm in there for you that expresses your heart. If somebody's hurt you in some way and you're, you're, you're dealing with um, feelings of hatred and unforgiveness, there's a psalm in there that expresses your heart. If you're worshipping God because you've, you've come to know his love and his power, there's a psalm in there. If you're realizing that God has been chasing you every moment of your life and you finally, you know, thought about um, entertaining the possibility of surrendering yourself into his hands, there's a psalm that expresses your heart. You know, David wrote most of the psalms, but it wasn't just David. There was a couple that were written by Solomon. There was a few that were written by Asaph, and and a couple might have been even more authors that I can't remember. But the the book of Psalms is a powerful, powerful anthology of of songs uh, that uh, that speak of every possible experience, spiritual experience that humanity can have in their relationship with God. So, but it's not the only; it's the most well-known um, book of poetry in Scripture, but by, by by no means the only one. Isaiah wrote a song. I mean, uh, uh, Jeremiah wrote a song. It's called Lamentations, <laughs> and uh, and uh, and also uh, Solomon. Uh, wrote a, bon- uh, a well-known song called mm. "Song of Solomon," the book mm. of Song of Songs, <laughs> a Song of Solomon, and it was all about his uh, his intimate relationship with his first wife. And um, and uh, it's it's actually it was that was there was a fair bit of debate over that one as to whether or not it should even be included in the scripture by some of those ancient rabbis and teachers. Mm-hmm. They thought, why would, should we include this? It has so many intimate details about um, Solomon and his bride. Uh, why should we? It doesn't mention the name of God, you know, and it doesn't seem to say anything about theology. Mm-hmm. Why should we do this? We know that Solomon's a prophet, but why should we include this? And it came to be understood as a metaphor for God's love for his people. Mm. And um, that's why we have that song in Christianity, you know, um, I, my Lord is mine and I am his, his banner over me is love. Yeah. Ever sang that song? That's a quote from Song of Solomon. Oh, mm. it's mm. actually hard to think of. <laughs> That connection from based on the book of um, Songs of Solomon, like yeah. like uh, compared to God's love for us. 
Well, Jesus draws on that on that imagery when he says he talks about um, uh, he's coming for his bride, the, the God, his people, and in Revelation twenty one, you know, there's a this picture of um, of, of Jesus' bride, and uh, in Revelation nineteen, it talks about the marriage supper of the Lamb, and and all of this, you know, so. Um, so this metaphor for God's love for His people, using marriage and uh, and intimacy as a illustration for that, is is pretty common throughout the Scripture, actually. Oh, mm. well, it's a deep. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, there's there's poetry there. I mean, the next uh, important uh, part of uh, or type of literature that we find in Scripture is what's called wisdom literature. Now, that's something that's a little bit foreign to us as uh, postmodern and modern readers because we don't. We don't have a lot of respect for the wisdom of previous generations as young people today are found. You know, we tend to look at older people and think that they don't really understand what we're going through and that um, that uh, they can't really relate to our circumstances. But that wasn't always the case. And, and it's not always the case today in, in other cultures, that there's a lot of respect for those that have gone before and there's a lot of respect for wisdom that can be passed down. And so there's this tradition of wisdom literature where people write down wise things that can help us with life. And Solomon did that. He was He's known as the wisest man ever, who ever lived. He wrote the book of uh, Proverbs and also the book of Ecclesiastes that still today speak to our situation in powerful ways. It does. Mm. Yeah. yeah. So you've spent a bit of time reading some of those, have you? Um, I haven't gotten there, but I know from like past reading the Bible in the past. And I do like um, the book of Ecclesiastes where it talks about time for everything. Hmm. Um, this time to weep, this time to mourn, this time to laugh, this time, like, you know, it's just very relatable, to be honest. That's right. And if you ever actually heard the song Turn, Turn by the birds, um, that was a quotation from that chapter. Oh. You know, to everything there is a season, to every, you know, a time to every purpose under heaven. That's a quote from uh, from that chapter from Ecclesiastes. Yeah. Mm. So um, that's a, a way that uh, that some of the some of the wisdom in Scripture has influenced uh, pop culture. So that's interesting. But uh, yeah, no, amazing wise words uh, from well, I believe inspired by the Holy Spirit that can speak to our heart today. If you read the book of Proverbs, you'll find that you'll you'll be able to. Um, if you take the advice in there, you'll avoid a lot of conflicts that we have in our life, you know, a lot of problems with family, a lot of problems with friends, problems with financial problems. You'd be surprised. There's stuff that there to say about how we're to order our finances and make sure that we stay out of debt and so forth. So, um, yeah, there's, there's some great stuff that can help us with our life. Hmm. Okay, so uh, after that, we've got um, the one that uh, I guess takes up the majority of Scripture, and that is prophetic literature. Hmm. Yeah, and by that I don't mean Bible prophecy. Prophetic literature. When um, the word "prophetuo" in Greek is uh, can mean to preach, to proclaim, or to prophesy. It doesn't always mean to just um, talk about the future. Sometimes it can mean a, a divinely inspired um, uh, speaking into or about uh, a present situation. So prophecy, the, the Holy Spirit can inspire a, p- a prophet to give someone, give us insight or understanding about something that's happened in the past. It can give us insight or understanding into something that's happening happening now, or it can tell us something that's going to happen in the future. And mm-hmm. the majority of the prophetic literature in Scripture, Isaiah, Jeremiah, Malachi, you know, Amos, uh, all of those, uh, what we call the major and the minor prophets, Ezekiel, most of it is speaking to the situation that God's people are in at that time. Mm. Yeah, and um, and giving um, God's perspective on how they're behaving and whether or not um, uh, what they need to do to change. Mostly, mm. yeah, what you're doing wrong and what you have to do to change it. Yeah, mm. Mm. like yeah. the book of uh, I remember the book of Jonah. 
um, this illustration of a dry tree, was it? Yeah, yeah. Um, and then I can't remember what happened. I can't remember the exact, um, you know, the whole, what the scripture talks about. But uh, there's some, um, it's sort of like an illustration of that time and uh, what was going to happen and what needed to be done. Uh, because the situation changed, like um, all of a sudden there was, because the, the, that time was like very dry and Jonah was um needed water and was sitting under this tree and there was no shade because the tree was dry and then he was not he was frustrated by that situation mm. but then something did happen i can't remember much about what happened but i know the situation changed and this sort of helped jonah to um understand what god was trying to say to him well actually um I, interestingly at the end of jonah you never find out whether or not jonah really understands and throughout the book of jonah oh. he's he's the only one that you never find out whether or not he's saved you, you know, he's the one that's sent by God to preach and he saves those sailors, you know, the, the um, pagan sailors that were with him. They they start um, worshipping God. He goes into Nineveh and preaches and they start worshipping God, the whole city. And then Jonah's still angry that God didn't destroy the city and God rebukes him for, for saying, hey, listen, don't you know that I love everyone? Mm. And then you never find out whether or not Jonah really understands. It's kind of the end of the book is left open. Oh. And um, and that and it's really addressing Jonah's racism. But, it, but as a reader... It's addressing your racism as well. I mean, yours personally. I mean, ours, you know, as the reader, mm -hmm. that this any idea that we could um, be any better than any other group of people, you know, that Jonah has that attitude within himself. And if we have anything as the reader that's in us like that, where we think we're better than anyone else, then we're confronted. Jonah's the only one that, that didn't respond to God's love or that we don't find out whether he did or didn't. Mm. So the question's sort of left up to us. Are we going to respond and love everyone the same? Yeah. Mm. Yeah. So it's in suspense. Mm. Mm. <laughs> So um, that's, but that's part of the role of prophetic literature, that God wants to rebuke any problems that we have in our heart that are undealt with. He gives us insight into um, the problems that we don't even know that we have, you know, that operate at a level of assumption. Jonah just assumed because he was a Hebrew that he was, um, that he was more loved by God than the, than the Ninevites, and he got angry when God didn't destroy them. Mm. But um, but God wanted to, to teach him and by extension the readers that he loves us all the same. Yeah, mm. so that's part of prophecy. But not just that, um, prophecy becomes important for another t uh, another type of literature uh, as a key to understanding it. But we'll talk about that after the break. Mm. We will for sure, and this is getting more and more interesting. Uh, we have a free book offer called The Marked Bible by Charles L. Taylor. And um, this book gives an electrifying story of what can happen when sincere hearts pursue God's truth, no matter the cost. Um, we'll give you the uh, code after the break. But for now, let's listen to this song, Word of God Speak by Mercy Me. Finding myself at a loss for words And the funny thing is, it's okay The last thing I need is to be heard But to hear what you would say Would you pour down like hay, washing my eyes to see your man? 
majesty to be still and know that you're in this place. Please let me stay and rest in your holiness, word of God's spirit. Finding myself in the midst of you Beyond the music, beyond the noise All that I need is to be with you And in the quiet, hear your voice Word of God speak would you pour down like rain Washing my eyes to see Your majesty To be still and know That you're in this place Please let me stay and rest In your holiness Word of God speak Finding myself at a loss for words And the funny thing is, it's okay That was God, Word of God Speak by Mercy Me And you're listening to Tazi Encounters with Daniel Mateo And uh, Daniel has been sharing um, various forms of literature um, that I found in the Bible, uh, including um, poems, uh, words of wisdom, um, history, judicial, and all that kind of um, uh, and all that kind of information. Um, and before we went for a break, I gave you, I promised to give you the code to uh, claim our free book offer, which is called the Marked Bible, and that is by Ch- Charles L. Taylor. Um, the code is draw seven D R A W S. Um, seven, the number seven, text adds to zero four double eight double eight zero eight one nine. Up draw seven to zero four double eight double eight zero eight nine one. Um, do you have any other forms of literature to share? Um, before we finish, yeah, definitely. Well, very briefly, um, one of the hugest chunks of the New Testament is made up of what's called epistolary or uh, literature or letters. You know, uh, letters or, you know, today we think about emails, you know, um, where an individual is writing to uh, to a, a bunch of individuals or to an individual, and uh, it's a personal message, you mm. know. And uh, and so when we think about that, there are, there are epistles, there are letters in the Old Testament. Uh, for example, there's a letter from Nebuchadnezzar to, to his empire in the book of Daniel. Um, uh, but um, the 
definitely when we think of epistles, we think about the New Testament. You've got all of the letters of, of Paul, you know, you've got Romans, First, uh, Second Corinthians, uh, Galatians, Ephesians, all of those wonderful letters, including um, First, Second Timothy, written to uh, written to young pastor Timothy uh, mm. there, and uh, also um, Philemon. Which is an amazing letter written to uh, written from Paul to uh, to a Christian slave owner, appealing to him on the basis of his love for God and, and his love for Paul uh, to uh, release his slave Onesimus and to set him free, and um, and uh, on the basis that we're all brothers in Christ, that uh, that it's inconsistent. Um, Paul argues that he continued to be a slave owner as a Christian. And um, so it's, that's an interesting book to read. It's only one page, but it, it, I think it's very important. It has had a big imp- influence on on the history of the church in that particular area. Mm. So, um, so yeah, so so letters. Uh, by the way, the book of Revelation, um, uh, two and uh, chapters two and three are are letters purporting to be directly from Jesus through John uh, to uh, to seven churches there. So letters are important. But our final uh, category of literature that we find in the Bible. Um, at least as far as I understand it, is is what we call apocalyptic literature. Now, the word apocalypsis in in Greek means a revealing, and um, and actually the book of Revelation. That's you know in Greek it's it's called the apocalypse. <laughs> it's uh, that's what it means. It's the book of Revelation, the book of where God through the prophet actually reveals information, particularly about the future, mm. and does it using these um, grand symbols. Amazing, dramatic, uh, symbolic uh, pictures or images uh, that represent uh, represent um, um, acts throughout history uh, and into the future. So, Revelation. Obviously, everybody's fascinated with that. I know that um, that we've studied uh, that as part of Tazi Encounters. Uh, some of the other presenters have been through that. But the amazing thing about apocalyptic literature, and particularly the Book of Revelation, and we think of Daniel as well. Daniel also parts of Ezekiel. Um, sections of Isaiah might fall into this category, but chiefly we're thinking about the book of Revelation. And for Revelation, all of the rest, all of the prophetic literature, all of the, the rest of the Bible's apocalyptic literature, all of the rest of the narratives, all of those other types of literature, all of the poems and psalms, uh, the biographies in, um, in the New Testament, all of it feeds into the book of Revelation. And in order to understand those symbols, in order to understand those images, we need to go back and on the rest of that scripture becomes the key to unlocking the symbols in Revelation. So it, so it becomes a, it's a, what shall I say, it's the culmination of the Bible in a really real way. Yeah, it's amazing. Hmm. No, and it's the last book of the Bible. <laughs> yeah, that's right. It's like a crescendo when you're listening to a piece of music. You know, it builds together. Everything builds together into that crescendo. Revelation is, is the Bible's crescendo, you know, this apocalypse. So, um, yeah, so that's the that's the different types of um, of literature throughout Scripture. You know, the, the, the historical, we talked about the judicial, the bureaucratic, the narrative, the biographical and autobiographical, poetic, wisdom, uh, prophetic, Epistolary and apocalyptic. So lots of big words there, but just what it means. This and this is the meaning of it. I think is that God wants to speak to us in a language that we are interested in and in language that we understand. You know, there's lots of different types of people in this world, and um, and we are interested in lots of different types of things. For me, I'm interested. Like one of my chief interests is. You know, is images. You know, I loved when I was a kid stories of uh, you know knights fighting dragons and things like that, and um, and because of that, you know, apocalyptic fascinates me. And I remember when I was a little kid, um, my mum read me a story about 
uh, from the from a Bible story book about Jesus coming back, and I had a uh, I had a dream that Jesus was coming back, and I was just so happy, you know, and I was looking forward to going to heaven, and Jesus put his arms around me, and I was crying, and and Jesus touched my face, and he said, Daniel. You know, why are you crying? And I said, because I'm just so happy. I just can't wait to go to heaven and to be with you for always. And that was my dream. Now, when I was um, a young man, I uh, sort of turned my back on God and walked away from him and uh, and made a decision that I didn't want to be part of church or anything. And uh, and I had a dream around about that time as well. And, uh, and in the dream, I was just walking around doing my normal thing in life. And the sun switched, it went black, like somebody switched off a light bulb. So everything went dark, and then there was this massive earthquake. And then all of a sudden, the sky split open, and there was Jesus. And I wasn't happy about it. I was, I was terrified. I was scared because I wasn't in a relationship with him. And all I could think about was to run and try and hide myself, and I just wanted things to fall on me so I wouldn't be able to have to face this. And, you know, it wasn't long after that I started to read a little bit of Revelation, and I learned after that that... Just before Jesus comes back, Revelation says the sun will be darkened, there'll be a great earthquake, and there'll be people that'll be running to the rocks and the mountains and crying out to them to hide them from the face of the land. And that was just an amazing thing that I learned that information after I had that dream. And so that was a way that God used apocalyptic to speak to me and let me know that uh, this is a real thing and that I'm, you know, Jesus is really coming back and we make, need to make a decision. Do you want to read for me Revelation chapter 1, verse 3? Would that be okay? Sure. I'm reading from the New King James Version. Uh, Blessed is he who reads and those who hear the words of this prophecy and keep those things which are written in it, for the time is near. Mm. And it's so beautiful that that is really the teaching of Scripture, that God wants to bless us by speaking to us in language we can understand. And he's done everything that he can, you know, to come into our lives, including, you know, creating a bit of literature that's crafted just for us. If we're interested in history, he's got a book to speak to us through. If we're interested in poetry, he's got a book to speak to us through. If we're interested in novels or stories, he wants to speak to us in that way. All sorts of people coming from all sorts of different backgrounds. He wants us to find joy and meaning in hearing him speak. And I just, I'd, I'd like to appeal to our listeners to, to, to hear him speak, to learn what it is in the scripture that he has spoken to us personally through and respond in that way. Yeah. Hmm. Wow. Very powerful presentation. Um, thank you for that. Thank you for that sharing, um, Daniel. <coughs> and um, I'm just really, I really like the appeal. I'm just knowing that God wants us to speak to us in a way that makes sense to us best. Like the fact that it takes into consideration our differences and takes the effort to tailor the communication to every individual's uniqueness. Like there's no fine print in the Bible. There's nothing hidden. There's nothing that is, you know, hard to notice. Everything is just out there in the open and it's clear and it's explained. Um, the more you read, the more you understand. Um, and I find that amazing, reassuring and comforting. And I hope I'm not the only one. Um, yeah, thank you for that powerful sharing, and I really hope our listeners have been blessed with your message. Um, what do you have for us next week? Well, I think the next week, Tabitha, we're going to talk about the Bible as oracle. Mm. And uh, you might think, well, what what does that mean? Well, throughout the history of humanity, hum- humans have always sought 
uh, touch with the divine. They've always sought to communication with the divine. And, um, you know, we might think about the oracle at Delphi where uh, where there was a lady there that became overcome by hallucinogens and, and gave communication from Apollo, from the gods, you know. Um, but, uh, but but the Bible purports to be an oracle. And so how can we use it as an oracle? How can we hear God speak to us uh, through the scripture? So that's what we're going to be talking about next time. Yeah. Mm. I look forward to that, and I hope you do too. So join uh, Daniel next week and I um, to hear more of what he has to share. And uh, tomorrow we have David Maxwell um, and uh, Jason. David will be talking about faithfulness. Um, he's been sharing, David has been sharing the fruits of the Holy Spirit and um, he's up to faithfulness. Um, yeah, just join uh, David tomorrow and um, Jason to hear more of what he has to share. Um, thank you for joining us today. We hope you've been blessed and uh, wherever you are, enjoy the rest of your day. Uh, we going out with this song, um, Let the Word of Christ by Trilogy of Scripture Songs. And uh, just to quickly remind our listeners, the codes to claim today's book offer, which is the Marked Bible, is um, Draw 7. Don't put any space in between text Draw 7 to 0488-880-891 and I will be able to send that book to you. Let the word of Christ, um, let the word of Christ by Trilogy Scripture Songs. Cheers.